0: So I'm probably similar to many of you in the fact that I'm not very good with technology. And for years, I ran my practice on a platform, a big platform that I had lots of issues with and never once was I able to get on the phone with somebody to actually help me out with the problem that I was having. This is one of the main reasons why we decided to switch over to PT Everywhere, because when we got set up, every time that we've had a problem, I can reach out to their customer service and I'm actually talking to another human being that knows what's going on with my platform that can help solve a problem for me and me not spin my wheels trying to figure out all by myself and wasting my entire day. It's one of the reasons why we love the platform so much. We love the people so much started by cash practice owner. And really the goal is to help practices, cash practices like ours grow scale and be as efficient as we possibly can be. So if you've been frustrated with lack of customer service, of somebody responding to you and helping answer your questions, look no further. PT everywhere does an amazing job by helping you be successful with their platform. So head over to pteverywhere.com and check out what they've got going on. So here's the question. How do physical therapists like us who don't want to see 30 patients a day, who don't want to work home health and have real student loans, create a career and life for ourselves that we've always dreamed about. This is the question. And this podcast is the answer. My name is Danny Matey, and welcome to the PT Entrepreneur Podcast. Hey, what's going on, guys? Doc Danny here with the PT Entrepreneur Podcast, and today we're talking about the three core structures or three core tenets of a successful cash practice that we see now. Let me preface this by saying, this is not the only way to go about it. We see people that have success in, you know, fee for service, cash practice, out of network practice, whatever you wanna call it, um, in in many different ways. These are three things that we've found across the board, across different markets, uh, you know, types of practices, niches, uh, you know, demographics, all kinds of stuff that we've seen that repeatedly lead to successful practices. So I'm gonna share them with you and give you an idea of at this point, you know, we've directly helped over 500 practices get started or scale uh, their practices past themselves. So this isn't, um, y- you know, th- th- this comes from a lot of data from a lot of reps. And if you were thinking about starting a cash practice, or you're in a cash practice, like you you have your own at this point, or, or you're looking to grow it, uh, and you're not doing these things, then it's a good place to start. The- these are sort of like foundational areas to start. So I'm gonna go through these three. If you want to learn these more in detail, by the way, um, head to our Facebook group. PT Entrepreneurs is the name of the Facebook group. You can just look it up, you know, search for it in uh in in Facebook. Um we are doing a weekly live training uh in there. This coming week, we're actually uh I guess it would have been Monday. You'll hear this this on Tuesday, but we're doing a case study with one of our clients, which is gonna be really cool. We can go in there, you can watch the replay we're going to kind of get dive into these in, in detail. And, uh, and the goal of that group is to really just be the most valuable, uh, free asset that we can provide anybody. There's gonna be so much great content in there. We think it's gonna be more valuable than many people's paid, uh, content. So anyway, head there, PT entrepreneurs, uh, search for that in, in Facebook, you can check it out, but let's dive into it. So number one, first thing is you are your greatest and safest investment opportunity. So <clears throat> understanding that you Your skill sets and your ability to to build a business around yourself and your knowledge is the number one place that you can invest from a return on investment standpoint, from a safety standpoint. It's the number one place you should be putting your attention and money. Now, we get this all the time, you know, people, they, they love talking about Investing of some sort, um, you know, and, and investing is a broad term. There's plenty of things you can invest in, but when we really look at return on investment and security of an investment, oftentimes we're more than happy to take money and put it into a 401k. That's a, you know, bunch of other companies that you have literally no say over in a vehicle that you literally have no say over. That <laughs> you get penalized when you take that money out if you decide to do it before a certain age that things can change with that as it's a government run program by the time that you're whatever age old enough to take that out. And yet they're totally fine to blindly put money into this vehicle because it's very passive and it's what they've been told to do. Now there's nothing wrong with investing by any means in these, these channels. I just think it is not the best route for you to really change your ability to provide for your family and to also uh, build a business and, and do work that you really enjoy uh, and get a lot of personal satisfaction, not just monetary satisfaction uh, and and return on right. So the reason I say that is over and over again. Like I said, we we've directly helped over five hundred practices. Yeah, very rarely, I I think I've ever seen this where I see an amazing clinician that also has amazing business skills that ends up coming to us it doesn't work that way <laughs> like typically what happens is we have these amazing clinicians because they've put in a lot of time a lot of mentoring hours a lot of additional continuing education which by the way is usually not free and is an investment in your clinical skill set so you're investing in yourself on the clinical side and they have no clue how to actually align this amazing skill set with the people that they want to work with and make more money, and have more freedom over when they're working, how they're working, who they're working with. The only thing holding them back is the ability to understand the business side of things. And if you think about sort of like two stilts, right? And let's say you're putting a house on top of these two stilts. Well, one stilt is really tall, and one is really short. The house is going to be lopsided. You're the house, your clinical skill set is one, your business skill set is the other. You need them to be pretty damn equivalent close. If you really want to be able to, uh, do your own thing, work with the people that you want to work with and really have no, no one say how much you can or cannot make. It comes down to your, you know, business intelligence, financial intelligence, and your clinical intelligence and ability to actually mix those things together in a model like this is where we see massive progression and growth for people, uh, in, in, in this model. Now, many of us are, have invested heavily in our clinical education and know absolutely nothing about business, and then decided to try to go into business for themselves, and realize that there's a lot to learn. Just as if you try to go to school or, or try to figure out how to be a PT without having gone to school or haven't had any sort of formal mentorship, we see the same thing. So what we see when we can stack on some some business skills with individuals like this, they typically skyrocket. You know, we'll see massive uh, improvements in what they're bringing in from a revenue standpoint because all of a sudden they're using their skill set, which is already great with the right people charging the right price, setting up the processes the right way, you know, and then are able to really build scale and and grow as big or stay as small as they want. And whether it be virtual, hybrid, in-person exclusively, all kinds of different variations, it doesn't really matter. It's it's just a little bit of different tactics, but the overall building blocks are the same. So you have to look at yourself. You have to look at yourself as an investment. It's an investment. It's not a depreciating asset, right? You're going out and buying a motorcycle, driving it around, and then, you know, you sell it and it's worth less one day, (laughs) you know, you invest in yourself and it should be producing return on investment dividends for you based on the work you put in things you're able to achieve going forward. And it's probably the safest investment as well. Here's why. You put money into investments, let's just call it your, you know, your 401k or your IRA or whatever it might be, you literally have no say, zero say over what happens with those companies, with the economy, you know, stock market, nothing. There's nothing you can do that affects that in any significant way. Understand, you are just basically blindly giving up control of money to somebody else, hoping that it's gonna do the right thing. And if you give it enough time that it'll all work out. How about you learn some skills to where no matter what happens, you're able to pivot, solve problems, and provide value to the marketplace so you never have to worry about uh, if you're going to be able to make money or have a job ever again in your life. That is investing in yourself. That also takes Active work, which is the reason why many people don't do it, is because it's just so simple to throw something into investment. So understand you're your greatest investment if you're willing to put in the work to use the skill set that you are acquiring. Number two, you have to learn how to sell high ticket packages on the front end with clients. Now, high ticket we mean between one and three thousand dollars. Up front, we see people that sell things that are more than that. At a minimum, they have to be about a thousand dollars. The reason why is the cost to acquire people, in in our business model, it, it needs to be about a thousand dollars on the front end in order to offset that. Not that it costs that much to to acquire them. In many cases, it can be pretty low. But from a profitability standpoint, upfront cash and your ability to have take that and then reinvest in other things, we like to see people sell packages between one and three thousand dollars because it sets them up in a really good cash flow position. Here's the other reason: if you have issues with people dropping off. If they buy a package of visits, their drop-off percentage is 0%. They just don't drop off because they literally are committing to solving a problem. It's, it's beneficial on multiple parts, not just for us, but also for the people that we work with. Now think about this. Many people that we see, you're not their first option. They've seen other people. It hasn't worked out. They've, they've tried another person. It didn't work. Now they finally stumble upon you and they're not actually sure if you're the right person or not because they've been burned in the past. So how do you get people to get more committed to solving a problem? They have skin in the game. So when somebody has skin in the game and they are paying to have somebody solve a problem for them and they are financially committed to that, the amount of work that they do, the amount of compliance they have skyrockets. And what we've seen is the businesses that we work with that don't uh, do this. There, there's, there are, exceptions to this, where we've seen people that don't have any sort of package, uh, option on the front end that do great. Right. And they, they tend to be incredibly sticky. Um, they do a lot of ongoing maintenance work. You know, they, they have a great local presence. They're very established in the community and, and you can definitely do it. Uh, so this isn't the only way, this is the simplest way though, from what we have found, because the average drop-off that we'll see if there's not a package, uh, on the front end is around visit, like between two and three. So we see it about 2.5. And the reason is that's when most people have, you know, significant symptomatic relief, they're feeling much better, and they yet they still have to put in the work to get the long-term change they want, but they're not there yet. They think they're better symptomatically, but they haven't actually fixed the root cause problem, but they don't know that. So stuff gets in the way, their schedule gets busy, they start to make, you know, decisions as a what, what's more important. And, you know, they let you know, like, Oh, let me check my schedule. And which basically means they're never going to come back in. Um, so you have to chase them down, chase them down, chase them down. Versus if you get them to commit on the front end, get them very clear on what the problem is, what is, what's driving it, what the root cause is, what you need to do to solve it and get them to commit to it. The outcome they're going to get is actually going to be significantly better because if that's what they really want, if they really want to do is get rid of their knee pain, they really want to do is get rid of their shoulder pain, whatever it is, we want to help them do that. And if we can help them stick to a plan of care and they actually complete that the likelihood of them getting the result they want is significantly higher. So on the front end, there's a couple of things. Number one, it's great from cash flow standpoint in the business. Number two, it's great to actually improve compliance with the people that we work with, which the whole point of it is to help them get back to the things they want, really help them live an active, healthy life. And you know, if that takes them committing to us and us learning how to actually position and sell things effectively to get them a better outcome, then we must do it. And the only reason that people wouldn't want to sell high ticket things on the front end is because they don't know how, and it makes them feel uncomfortable. It makes them feel very uncomfortable to talk about money. I have these I have these types of conversations with clinicians all the time, they feel bad, you know, they, they feel like it's not worth it because they know something that somebody else doesn't know, but we take it for granted, you know, I don't know how to put uh, contracts together. Uh, I don't know anything about intellectual property. I know that my intellectual property attorney will charge me six hundred dollars an hour, and he doesn't feel one bit bad about it—not at all—because it's his skill set, it's his job, it's how he provides for his family. And yet, we feel terrible about helping somebody with their back pain. Why? Because they're in pain, you know, and 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 we want to help them for sure. That's why we're in the profession. Nobody went to physical therapy schools; they thought they were gonna, you know, it, it was gonna be this incredibly lucrative job. You know, we wanted to actually have personal satisfaction with helping people get over physical injuries. But along with that, you still have to charge your worth. You got to support your family. (laughs) I mean, it's it's that simple. So you got to stop feeling bad about charging people for a result. It's like you go to your mechanic just because like it may be simple to them. Oh yeah, he's got, I just got to change this and this and no big deal. You're good to go. But we don't know how to do that, which is why there's other subspecialties that we pay something for, you know, to, to, to go and get them to solve a problem for us. Same thing with people that come to us. So you have to understand what you do is valuable and you have to realize that if you charge them what you're worth on the front end, they're going to get a better outcome. Not only that, they're way more likely to stick around and do continuity based work with you. So if they want to stick around and do ongoing coaching or something to that effect or long term, you know, sort of maintenance work, depending on what your skill set and state and everything like that the likelihood of them moving over to that is actually much, much higher because they've already gotten a much better outcome on the front end. So they actually believe in what you're doing much more. Or how about them sending a friend or family member to see you a referral, all of these things improve when they get better compliance on the front end, better buy in. And that comes from them committing to solving a problem, both financially and with their time. And that's what these do. So high ticket on the front end between one and $3,000. This right here with people that are uh, already established. Let's say we have somebody that is, you know, working with, 10 new patients a month. All right, so they're getting 10 new patients a month and their average, let's say is 30 visits, right? So they're so they're seeing three uh, visits per new person. So they're averaging about 30 visits a month. It's kind of where they're at. Three times 10 new people would give you 30 total volume generated from that. Well, let's say all of a sudden they switch people to a six-visit package. Which isn't much more. It, it honestly is not that much time in the grand scheme of what the typical time of working with a PT is. You're still well below the national average. Now all of a sudden, you go from 30 visits to 60 visits, and your cash flow is up front. You've doubled your business just by learning how to position and sell something that's going to get you better outcomes, not to include all of the continuity that would come from that, the, the referrals from other, for other people, all of that, just because you learn one skill, you add to your business. This is how we see people go from struggling at $5,000 a a month to 10,000 plus within a month or two of working with us because they start to adapt and learn and improve the process on the front end and the machine becomes more efficient. High ticket is a must in, in most cases. The last thing is really becoming a good marketer and understanding how to get your ideal customer to come to you by directly marketing to them. This is really important. The traditional marketing approach that the medical profession takes, particular PT, is to try to find physicians that are going to refer people your way. So you show up at their office with, you know, lunch and a tray of cookies, and you sit there and you wait and you hope that they're going to talk to you for a couple minutes. Or maybe you talk to the office manager and try to build some rapport with, with him or her. Uh, Maybe you get a couple minutes with the doctor and it's just a weird conversation because he's busy, you know, and the staff takes home all the the food and and he just wants to get back to writing his notes because he's got a bunch of stuff to do. It's not a good situation. It's not a great marketing situation. And I don't know anybody that goes to those things and actually like feels good about themselves afterward. Typically it never really works out well versus what if you knew how to speak directly to the people that you wanted to work with to where you really looked like the only option, the best option for them to actually help them get back to the thing that they really wanted to do and clearly speak to them, you know, and then engage with them in a way where it, it makes them want to work with you in a very natural way. This is what we talk about in terms of direct marketing to our avatars, to our perfect clients and doing this through multiple channels, right? So local presence through content, uh, through pay ads, you know, and, and between these, uh, channels, being able to really have layers of your market marketing and branding that lead people to want to work with you directly, not because their physician said this or that actually wouldn't matter what their physician says, because they're so sure that you're the right fit. They would go work with you no matter what their physician says. And we get this all the time. like, Oh yeah, my, my, uh, ortho wanted me to go work with this group, but I decided to come here. You know, and it's probably because their ortho has a a relationship, a working relationship, or maybe owns the practice where they're trying to send somebody. And, uh, and people just know it's not the right fit because they're aware of the marketing branding relationships that we have directly with these target audiences. You have to understand how to become a good marketer and learn how to speak directly to people instead of indirectly trying to go through other medical professionals that you're hoping will refer you uh, people refer you clients and, and, and really think about this. If, if you have a business and your business supports your family, the, the livelihood, you know, of, 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 people in your house, how you buy food, how you pay for your mortgage, you know, how, how you support everyone. Do you want to hope that you can bring, bring business in on a repeatable way and a repeatable basis in, in, in a, in a very significant way, or do you want to know that you can do it by doing things that speak directly to the people that you want to get in your door? You know, for me, I never want to hope that something's going to work out. I want to expect that it will. And it's a much safer place to be. It's a much better place to be from a mental standpoint as well. You know, the people that I I get a chance to consult with that are doing the traditional marketing approach, they just don't know. There's no clarity there. They feel unsure and frustrated versus the people that know how to market directly to their ideal customers. They know for sure if they do X number of these things, they get this number of patients. If they do this amount of ad spend on these things, they get this number of patients. Like it's more predictable and predictability in business decreases stress, which allows you to have more clarity in what you're doing, more fun, you know, and and enjoy the process much more as, as well as work with the people that you really, really align with and get the most energy from. It's one of the most beneficial parts of a business like this is no longer do you have to struggle through the day of, you know, work comp patients with two year old ankle sprains and people that maybe, you know, you're frustrated with that you don't really align with in the, in the interest that you have on the injury treatment side and hope that maybe you get a couple people a day that actually really, you know, they, they, they mentally intrigue you versus everybody that comes through the door is exactly who you'd want to work with your energy at the end of the day in one position versus the other is dramatically different i've been there where i've had you know it's it's just you know a bunch of medicare work comp just not necessarily my ideal customer that i really enjoy working with to now the people i get to work with are active they they want more out of life you know they they really value their time they they love you know uh, implementing on the things we talk about they're compliant uh, you know, it's, it's the people that I really enjoy working with and my day. At the end of the day, I'm not exhausted like I was when I was seeing the other population because these people give me energy versus drain energy. So keep that in mind. The there's a, there's a positive net effect in terms of just how you feel and, and who you get to work with. And it's huge, but you have to earn the right to work with them by learning how to get them in the door directly and, and engaging with them. So keep that in mind as you go through these, these three things, because they layer on top of each other. Because number one is you're your greatest you're your, your greatest investment and primarily steps two and three the information that you need to learn especially in the early stages is sales and marketing two two typically like not not such great terms in the medical profession you people hear that and they're like ah oh, uh, marketing and sales so sleazy marketing and sales sounds bad right like it, it, it depends I guess what are you marketing and selling? You know, are you marketing and selling something that's complete crap that doesn't help anybody and all it does is make you money, but there's no fulfillment from anybody else on on the, on the backside of that? Like that's not what we do. We get to market and sell the ability to help people live an active pain-free life or as pain-free as possible, as active as possible, empower them with information to take care of themselves, help their friends and family members, you know, not beyond pain meds you know, not have surgeries or some of these images that cost a lot of money that they get bad information from, uh, not search around for, for the right fit and finally get frustrated with it and just decide they're going to be sedentary and void activities and, and stress about that uh, and you become less and less active and less and less healthy. Now, we, we extend people's lives. We spend not as their lives, but also the quality of that as well. That's incredibly valuable. Why would you feel ashamed? about learning how to market and sell those services. You, you should feel like it's your absolute duty to learn that honor, to be able to have a profession where we get to do those things. And in order to do them with the right people, you have to learn the skills to get them in your door and get them to commit to solving a problem with you. That's what it is. Stop looking at this from the business lens. Start looking at this as how many people can I help? And if you're not helping them, what is happening to them? who's helping them? Who's giving them what you can give them? If you're a specialist in a certain area and you know you can be helping more people in the sub niche, it's up to you to help as many of those people as you can. And if you don't, it's because you don't know how to market and get more of them in the door and you don't know how to sell to get them to commit to you. And if you did, you could help a lot more of them in a much more meaningful way. So number one, you must invest in yourself. Number two, you must learn how to sell I in particular, and you must learn how to market directly to people you want to get in the door. If you can do that, if you can do those three things, you at least know that you can provide yourself and your family for the rest of your life. You never have to worry about finding a job the rest of your life or getting let go, let go by somebody or economic change or things that are happening. You know, I realize 2020 has been a little bit weird, a lot weird, I guess is a better way to put it <laughs> for, for many of us, but the people that we work with are thriving, thriving, it's because they understand these core concepts, and from there, if you want to scale past yourself, that's a different that's that's a different skill set. But to get to the point where, you know, you are self employed at a minimum, this is where it's at. So, I hope these three make sense. Like I said, if you want to take a deep dive on these, head to the PT Entrepreneur Facebook group. Uh, apply to to join. To answer a couple of questions, you got to be a clinician. All right. You, you, uh, if you're not, we'll kind of, we've had everybody, we're going to look you up <laughs> as much as we can on Facebook. See who you are, you know, m- make sure that, uh, that you're actually there to learn, um, you know, and, and, and not just sort of water down the group. So, uh, but if you're interested in this stuff, head there, apply to join it's free. Like I said, we want our content there to be better than most people's paid content. We're going to share a ton of stuff. We're already doing deep dives on many things, uh, giving away a ton of resources. So head there if you want to learn more. And as always guys, thank you so much for listening. And we'll catch you next time hey wait a minute just to let you guys know we are closing in on 200 views on itunes that's crazy Most podcasts hardly get to 100 reviews, let alone 200, and this is such a niche-specific PT business podcast. That's wild. So let's try to rally the troops and get to 200 reviews for this podcast. The first thing you need to do is you got to subscribe to this sucker, whether it's on iTunes or any other platform that you're listening to on, so you know when new episodes are coming out. The next thing, make sure that you leave a review. I'd love to hear what you have to say. I read all of them. It means a lot to me. Next thing, guys, take a screenshot of whatever episode you're listening to and put it in your stories on Instagram and tag me in it. That's at Danny PT. If you do this, I will repost it. So you'll get a bump. I'll get a bump. We'll share this information with a lot more people because that's the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of a lot more people. So take a screenshot, share it on Instagram stories, tag me in it, and I will repost it. So here we go. Let's try to get to 200 reviews for the podcast. Thanks for listening.